In the world of business, profit is everything. Those that are not profitable are condemned from memory. And the most important business of all is watching anime. Name a hot robot. C-3PO. That's what you're going with? <laughs> I don't know that many robots, to be honest. <laughs> how about Samuel Hayden from Doom? Um, how about Baymax from Big Hero 6? Uh, yeah, Baymax is a daddy. That's fair. I mean, um, a daddy can be sexy. Yes, no, that's... Let's, let's start okay. the episode. That <laughs> was the start of the episode. Welcome back to the weekly anime <laughs> performance review. Uh, the show where the three of us uh, review the performance of anime weekly. Uh, we are your three high-powered anime business executives. I am John, your CEO of Weebs. I am Chris, your CEO of Bathrobe Parties. And I'm Andrew, the CEO of Birds and Bags. Okay, give me a minute. I'm thinking. Yeah. I, know there were, I know there was a show that had a bag in it and a show that had a bird in it. Which show has birds in it? Uh, Sing Yesterday for me? Yes. Did you not realize that... Um... Oh yeah, she had it in her bag. That's right. See, I thought you were just referencing Tower of God and Sing Yesterday. Because of Kuhn's bag. No. But yes, that was cute, wasn't it? Uh, anyway. Uh, we're, we, we are down to eight shows. And we've really busted our butts this week to get fully caught up on all of them. So we'll go. So next week, uh, yeah, busted our butts. And by that, I mean, we watched 12 episodes of anime. Oh, our lives are so hard. Uh, Technically, we're not caught up on Woodpecker, but that's because it came out today. Technically, we don't talk about shows that come out on the day we record, Andrew. Technically, I don't care. Shut up. Uh, So we're caught up on everything. So next week, we'll be back to reviewing them. Uh, one episode at a time like we usually do. Uh, so this is the last week where we'll do multiple episodes of a show at once. And it's just two shows this time. Um, I don't think we have anything else to talk about right now. So I think we can go ahead and get right into this one. Yeah. Uh, first up on our list this week is Kaguya-sama. Uh, in episode four, Hayasaka attempts to seduce Miyuki to prove that she can after discussion with Kaguya. Miyuki attempts to ask Kaguya to be in charge of his campaign speeches and attracts the attention of everyone at Chuchin Academy. And Miyuki's rival, Inomiko, appears, and she's even more of a dork than he is. Okay, I have a question. Sure. Were the flyers translated for you guys? I don't think so, no. I, I don't think so. I, I just thought the art was the dorky thing about them, which, no. which it was. What the What it was was that her whole campaign is built around like stricter dress codes and like no fraternizing with the opposite sex. So people won't vote for it. Yeah. yeah. And like old timey values. That was why they, that was why they said you don't have to worry about her. Got it. Still though, Miyuki should be worried about the third party, right? Sure. Is, so, wasn't there a third name up there? Yeah. yeah. They don't matter. Well, let's, let's face it, we know what's going to happen. Um, so I do have a question. Sure. When Hayasaka fell asleep on their almost date, 
Did Kaguya just stand there behind them for three hours? Yeah. Probably. My god. Also, Hayasaka wasn't actually asleep. I know. But she quote unquote <laughs> fell asleep. That's that's in character for all three of them. Yeah. Uh, I, I liked that segment a lot. I thought it was funny. Yeah, and I thought it was not sweet. I don't know if that's the right word, but like very heartfelt. Because Hayasaka didn't want to do it, but Kaguya was like, Fine, almost do it. challenged her in a sense. Mm-hmm. Do it. Do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that segment was really good. Uh, <laughs> and I, I really like the. I really like, I want to see more of Miko's relationship with uh, Chika and how that's going to develop later on. Because I don't think she's like a arc character. I hope she's going to keep showing up. I mean, she's in the OP. She yeah. is the, well, I mean, characters that are in the OP can just not be that important. Sure. She's probably like, going to be like um, Kashiwagi. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You know, Chris. You know, Chris. You're caught <laughs> up to the manga. Don't lie to me. So it seems that. Uh, the re-election campaign is going pretty well for Miyuki so far. Yeah. Uh, can I say something? Kind of a general thing about season two of this show. Sure. Uh, up to this point, I feel like it's mostly just been Kaguya coming after Miyuki and him kind of being oblivious. But he's kind of gotten his mojo back a little bit. And that actually wasn't originally what I was going to say. What I was originally going to say is this ED is really lame compared to the first one. Yeah. Like, it's extreme it's like just very basic visually compared to uh this the op the ed of the first season which was kind of couched in really neat visual metaphor uh this one's just kind of it's an anime ed all right aside from that that's like my big criticism of the show the ed is not as impressive as the first yeah uh so i vote to retain because that's a pretty small that's small potatoes compared all things considered i'm retaining i'm also retaining all right uh, it's to be expected at this point that we're all going to retain Kaguya-sama. It's... You never know. It could be absolute shit. I highly doubt it. Chris keeps reading the manga to hope that it turns around, but... Yeah, I hate reading it at this point. Let's go ahead and move on to our next show. So that's three retains for Kaguya-sama. Next up is Tower of God. In episode three, Bam and the boys take the next test, the Chamber of Twelve Doors. They pass due to some quick air quotes thinking from Rack. Uh, Lero Rowe offers the would-be tower climbers a bonus game that gives them the chance to skip straight to climbing the tower. The crown game begins. Lizard Girl beats the piss out of another team, and Bam sees someone who seems to be Rachel among the other team. In episode four, the crown game continues until it is revealed that Anak the Lizard is another princess of Jihad, and her sword, Green April, is from the same series as Black March. Her team is disqualified, and Bam and the boys step up to take the throne. In episode 5, Bam and the boys defend the throne from challengers in the fourth round, until Rachel's team joins the fray in the fifth round. They work alongside Rack and Kuhn for mysterious reasons, until a challenger's attack on Rachel causes Bam to somehow use a Shinsu attack. The crown game ends without a winner. Uh, so this was... Uh, it's kind of advantageous that we watched these three episodes together yeah. uh, because they were basically an arc unto themselves. Yeah. Um, I, I liked the, um, I like that they didn't spend a whole episode on the, the 12 doors thing uh, because while I love the trope of like, Oh, there's so many doors in here and you got to like use some kind of trick to figure out the right one. It, that, that 
trope appears on my favorite album of all time. Uh, it You kind of have to get through it quickly or else it'll overstay its welcome because ultimately the action boils down to just them standing there thinking. Yeah. And I liked this show's version of how to solve that puzzle. Just pick uh, one in five minutes. Just pick yeah. one in five minutes. And Rack is like the perfect person to do that. Yeah. I think Rack's my favorite character. Oh, Rack is fantastic. Uh, I was thinking when we were watching these episodes that... Uh, you can kind of compare him to Alphonse Elric in a way, and that his face is not normally very expressive, but uh, they like they turn him chibi sometimes so that he can have a wider range of emotion. Yeah. Uh, so that he's almost he's more human like in that regard, uh, which I really enjoy. I really like, and I really enjoy whenever this show goes for that kind of style. It's fun. I thought you were gonna say he's like Alphonse Elric in terms of personality. Then I'm like, no. I will say the one problem I had with this arc as a whole is that it just it was the five battles in a row and the same scenery, same goal in every battle, you know, like it. Uh, yeah, that's true. But I thought it was interesting to kind of get some more stuff on the different characters. Like we got a lot more for particularly Anak and for um, Shibisu, the guy in the tracksuit. And also uh, Kuhn. Yeah, Kuhn as well. Kuhn got some backstory. Yeah. At the start of this arc. Uh he has a sister who is another princess of jihad, I think. His sister was one of the candidates for Princess of Jihad, but he fell in love with with her. Either her or something. They it was weird, but ultimately it, she just used him and so he's like woman or evil. So yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, I liked the stuff that we got with all these different characters. We're we're getting more development on all of them. So it's uh, setting up to be a big cast, but a pretty well-rounded cast. And I'd say so far my favorite is Shibisu, uh, because he's not very physically strong at all, but he's actually a pretty good manipulator. Like uh, when he was fighting the two members from that other team, he was really he was kind of like talking at them and kind of provoking them to do what he wanted. Yeah. Uh, so I think he's an interesting character in that regard. And I thought his his dynamic with the sword guy on his team was very funny. Yeah. Was like, oh, you saved me. I love you. And just so stupid. But yeah. Yeah. Swords guy's name is like Hots, I think. I think maybe. So. I don't remember names. I'm just glad I remembered all the characters names that I said. And we're also getting a lot of like tower politics in that like we cut to like tower administrators a couple times having conversations. Uh, like we got Hans, the new character Han Sung Yu talking to the guy Quant, and also to Lero Ro. Uh, so there's a, there's kind of a lot of gears in this one, and so I think that continuing to compare it to Full Metal Alchemist is actually pretty apt. Uh, and that there's a lot going on, but it's an interesting mystery at least. Yeah, because the tower is almost like a business, so to speak, and it's very much. They have to bet all these candidates to see who wants to go up and who's willing or who's not going to destroy the tower and its rules. And that's their job, so to speak. So it's very much. It's like it's it's a big bureaucracy. Right. Yeah. And also Lerodo is like, is there someone who could destroy the tower? And then thinks back to Bam, just like almost destroying the room. And he's like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, maybe, but I'm not going to tell him or something like that. Like, yeah. he, I think he purposely doesn't tell him, and they both know that. Like, they're waiting for the other to say something. 
Well, I think they like. also just want to see what he's going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because they have to know that it's Black March. You know, they have to know that he has it. Well, yeah. I don't think him having the sword is the issue. I think it's the... Well, but he has a sword and is using it. He also lost the sword at the end of the last episode. Yeah, the, the, at the very end of the episode, they showed Anak with Black March. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. yeah, Because they didn't stay on the throne. They made a bet. Yeah. Um, I don't think they mentioned this, but they made a bet um, between Anak and Bam. And if Bam could stay on the throne for three rounds, then he gets both swords. If not, Anak gets both swords. So... And so I guess has. all the swords are a color and a month, huh? Yeah. Well, there's 13, so I wonder what the last one is. Probably. It's rainbow year. <laughs> Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. That's not bad, though. I would enjoy that. Sounds like a prog album. Yeah, I could write an album called Rainbow Year. It's called um, Rainbow Year, and all the songs are like Black March and Green April. Yeah. Chris, you should listen to Prague if you can come up with such good album concepts. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's a difference between coming up with the album concepts and coming up with good songs. Yeah. Uh, I vote to retain. I, too, do that. I don't think this was quite getting it for me. I'm going to have to fire. Okay. So that's uh, one fire for Andrew and two retains from Chris and I on Tower of God. Uh, next up on our list is Kakshigoto. Uh, in episode four, it's four, it's five. Damn it. Uh, in episode five, in episode five, Kakshi winds up having to judge a contest and butts heads with his editor. Uh, later, Kakshi gets called in to redraw a chapter and has to pull an all-nighter with his assistants to get it done, leaving Hime home alone. Or so he thinks. This was another fun one, I thought. Uh, this one was more about Kakshi than it was about both of them, I thought, or I felt. I feel like that's been the whole series. Yeah, I guess that's yeah. true. He's, he really is more the main character. Uh, I mean, it is named after him. Yeah, it's literally his name in it. <laughs> but it's also like a pun that has like five different meanings. Yeah. <laughs> which I can't keep track of them all. I think uh, one of them is like a secret. Yeah. It's like secret keeping, but it's also like drawing and I don't know. There's a lot yeah. there. Uh, anyway, uh, I, I like... We kind of got some more manga industry insight. I almost feel like the artist who drew this manga is trying to dissuade other people from trying to become a mangaka. <laughs> like uh, having to be called into a hotel and work from 8 p.m. to 5 a.m. to redraw a chapter on the due date. <laughs> uh, of course, that probably wouldn't happen if he was better about getting stuff in further from the due date. It's not necessarily that. It's that it was sent back like... um. They told him to revise it because it's too dirty or something like that. I don't I don't think they really said what the issue with they the didn't. older version was. But he said this happens a lot with these types of mangas. So it's okay. kind of so it probably implied. I also don't think it necessarily matters why they had to do it and more just that they had. It, it, no, it does not matter to the story, really. Uh, and we got a whole bunch of returning characters in this episode. Uh, like, we've basically established kind of a revolve not revolving door a solid stable of side characters that uh kind of have a different dynamic with uh hime and kakshi uh like i said that hime seems to be home alone but she winds up hanging out with the editor and with uh nadila and with the high school girl who wants to be an idol 
and I think her teacher as well. Yeah, well, the teacher catches the editor spying on them. Yes. And so they each think, of, one thinks of him as a pervert, one as a CEO, one as um, a spirit. Like, isn't there one other thing? Nobody knows who Tamarine actually exactly. is, except for Kakashi and his assistants. Technically, the teacher knows, but I don't think she believes him. <laughs> I also liked that one guy who shows up late to the bathroom party, bathrobe party, and he's like, hey guys, I'm. We were having a bathroom party, and they're like, "Hey you guys, it's four thirty in the morning." <laughs> yeah, it should be mentioned that um, since um, Goto has to be very relaxed when he draws, and he doesn't have his clothes to change into, he changes into the bathroom at the hotel. Yeah, and so then he's only with one assistant first, and she's like, "Well, it's weird if you're in a bathroom, so I'm going to change in one too." And so when everyone, no, she she took a shower before they, right. they started, and she came out wearing the bathroom, and she's just like, "Yeah, I'll just stay in it." And then the third, the second guy with the glasses, when he showed up, he's like, well, it's kind of weird if you guys are both wearing bathrobes and I'm not. I love the running gag of the assistant whose only job is to erase things. <laughs> I mean, that's probably on brand. Yeah. I mean, if you have to erase so much stuff that you have to have a dedicated eraser, couldn't you, you should probably just throw the page out and draw it again at that point. Well, it's probably going through and like erasing mistakes and stuff and more like it's more like erasing small mistakes that are just there from or sketch lines or something yeah i guess so uh <clears throat> it should also... we kind of have ignored the first segment of this yeah yeah what even was the first segment the judging the contest oh, yeah. <laughs> and tomorrow he had them all delivered to uh kakshi's house individually in <laughs> individually in boxes <laughs> and kakshi's like what the hell are you doing kakshi's like what the hell are you doing just send me a pdf he's like well i sent them to you anyway and also the pdf uh yeah the, the second segment was definitely more the, the more memorable of the two yeah. yeah uh and we did get confirmation that the boxes that are at the old house uh that present day Hime is visiting uh are from her dad rather than her mom yeah so uh that that gave me some feeling uh enough feelings to retain this show for another week uh i vote to retain i also vote to retain yeah i'm gonna vote to retain this one i enjoyed it i still love this is i still love the ed for this show it's a banger yeah yeah it's i think one of the best EDs, but we'll we'll wait till the end of the season to discuss that. Yeah. Uh, next up on our list is Sing Yesterday for me. In episode three, Haru invites Rico out on a date to the movies and meets Ro for the first time. Rico accidentally misses his date with Haru after he takes care of a sick Shinako. Uh, Haru eventually forgives him after a chance encounter, and the story continues. In episode four, Ro attends an art cram school. He feels that drawing is the one area in which he escapes his brother's shadow. He confronts Shinako over her inability to get over his brother, but his progress is limited. He winds up walking Haru home from the convenience store and gets to know her a little better as well. In episode 5, Riko gets another part-time gig at a photo gallery, where his co-worker Minato realizes he knows Haru from high school. Uh, and then some stuff happens with that. Uh, this... Okay, John. <laughs> I, for I realized that I forgot to finish the summary. <laughs> what uh, happens with it, John? Uh... She event he event they eventually go out on a kind of quasi date. 
and uh, he realizes that they know each other from high school and that he has had a crush on her for a long time. Uh, he asks her out uh, and she rejects him because she's still gunning for Rikuo, even though she's kind of mad at him right now because uh, she saw she and Minato saw him and Shinako walking home from a party uh, like the night before. And Minato plans on leaving. Yes, and Minato says, <sighs> I'm, I'm, I'm yeeting out. I'm going to go travel the world. So you just wanted to get that last regret out of the way? Yeah. yeah. So he probably won't be in any more episodes, but it's hard to say. He'll probably come back like near the end or something. Yeah. Because this is, this is an 18 episode anime. Is oh, it? wow. Yeah. We're not finishing that. <laughs> well, I mean, we can. We yeah. can just well, talk about it next season, too. Right. That's just what I mean. I will say, <laughs> it does also seem like this has been over a period of time. Yeah. yeah. Definitely some time has passed because it's because um, the show started and it was graduation time. Uh, like there was cherry blossoms on the trees. And then this episode, they were all in winter clothes. Uh, so it's been like half a year at this point. And it set around, I think, the late 2000s or so because they're using dial up phones still. Well, it's the, the I think it's from a manga that was started in the 90s. That would make sense. I guess late 2000s, they would have flip phones still, wouldn't they? Yeah. I don't know time. I mean, cell phones existed in the 90s, too. Yeah, but they didn't. They we're not really like, talking about the actual show right um, now. Which no, I we're not. Uh, I, I mean, I love the show. I, not, I don't love the fact that we're not talking about it. Oh, so this show is, I like it because the characters are all grown up, but they all have problems. Like yeah. legitimate. Well, OK, one of them is in high school, but that's not the point. But they all have legitimate, like, different issues that they're working through or just simply with. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, and also, I really like the fact that each episode, well, they do. And, you know, it's we've talked about this a lot. Uh, I tend to not really like shows that where you can't really get something out of just watching one episode where you have to, like, watch the whole thing to get the point. But each one of these episodes has a really strong arc that goes through it from beginning to end. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of shows that are kind of based on long running works tend to kind of just have an episode that's just kind of stuff happening that's setting up stuff later. But each of these episodes is a story unto itself in a really good way, uh, especially the fifth episode, because we kind of had a self-contained character story there. And so we have these side characters come in and then they're, they, you know, they might be there for one episode, but they kind of push our main characters to further develop things. Uh, and we actually saw, like, uh, Rico getting jealous with Minato, which I thought was interesting. Uh, yeah. He's he kind did. of being, he's kind of being Sundere with Haru, honestly. Yeah. But way heavier on the Sun than the Dere. I think that's all I really have to say about this one right I, now. I think to say that, like Gallon Dinosaur, there are moments of silence. But unlike Gallon Dinosaur, this feels like impactful silence that's meant to be there. Not as like, oh, it's a joke, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They sometimes just stand there and stare at each other or think about something. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, it is much more purposeful here. Uh, it doesn't feel like it's trying to fill time with it. No. And especially in Gallon Dinosaur, where each show's like three minutes long, and half of that felt like science. silence. This feels like there's only a couple seconds, and they very purposely chose when to do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, good stuff. I'm going to vote to retain. I also vote to retain. Yeah, I got to vote to retain. I mean, this is a very easy watch. 
which is odd, but like I was able to watch all three episodes, no problem. All right. Uh, next up on our list is Tama Yomi. Uh, in episode five, Tama Yomi and the Tama Homies do a training camp, but totally blow it in both of their practice games. Yoshino chooses a, re- a p- pair of relief pitchers and gives Nozomi a pep talk. Uh, so up to this point, I have kind of been the the one who's who is willing to die on the hill of this show, <laughs> but that is not a hill worth defending, uh, because like. It's pretty easy to make a moe anime, but it's hard to make one that's I'm going to be willing to sit. Even though I like the genre, it's going to be hard to make one that I'm willing to sit through all the way to the end. Uh, it has to have it has to have some standout quality, uh, and this one has none. I don't. Uh, also, I felt that the art has been pretty inconsistent in this show, and I haven't really brought it up up to this point. Uh, but like some of the off model stuff going on in this episode was ridiculous like characters noses changed between shots and like their eyes were misaligned it did not look good um so i guess what i'm saying is i've finally turned on this one (laughs) funny i think you went from the liked it the most to hated it the most yeah because ironically ironically i liked this episode more than the the last four oh really (laughs) yeah are we retaining this now instead no, not, of fighting me? Gonna, like, I'm not going to retain it. It's just like, like the last, at the end of last week, I pretty much felt like I really didn't care to see more. Whereas now it's, I wouldn't mind seeing more, but I probably, I don't really want to. I think it's kind of played all its cards already. For me, the problem is that this is a 10 person show and they're very much trying to have each character be important but at the same time like they're not just they either need to do that and do it well which i don't think they are or they need to focus on tama and yomi which they're not who in fact probably got barely any dialogue this episode i would say yeah like tama had like one line i don't think that's as big a deal the thing is, they either need to go all in on, oh, this is the Tamayomi show, or they need to go, this is the entire team. And yeah. they're not using all of the characters, it feels like. Uh, or they could kind of go with the sound euphonium model, where they do have a really big cast, but they introduce them kind of gradually. And uh, so they each have, like, there's like an arc for each of them. So, like, Kumiko deals with them and their problem, and then they kind of become a recurring character after that. Right. So once we've gotten to know them a bit better, they become they become kind of part of the cast. Uh, but they each get their own focus. They kind of did that, but within the first three episodes, we knew everyone. And so that's 10 people that we're supposed to get invested in in 90 minutes. That's not going to happen. And I think, I think part of the issue is that, like in Sound Euphonium, Kumiko is the one who is the main character, is the one who's involved with like all the drama where in this there are care like i feel like tama and yomi are supposed to be the main characters but they're ancillary to a lot of the plot threads going on right and we're not really seeing the problems through their eyes we're seeing it through the characters who are having the problems right and it's not like about yomi's relationship with any everyone or anything like that really i feel like the show's about the manager i don't remember her name but yoshino I feel like she's the only consistent one in all of these stories, which is weird. 
<laughs> I think I think we we've reached a decision, fellas. Uh, I'm gonna vote to fire this week. I vote to fire. I love it. I'm gonna no fire. All right. Uh, that's three strikes, and Tamayomi's probably out. Uh, next up on our list is Wave. Listen to me. Uh, in episode five. Uh, Minare comes to the station and does her first broadcast, uh, which is a kind of serial killer, not serial killer, which is kind of a murder mystery turned alien abduction plot, uh, and it is an unexpected hit. Uh, she resolves to move on from Curry and devote herself more fully to radio. Uh, I like that they did the whole broadcast basically uninterrupted. Uh, that was a lot of fun, so we can kind of experience it in the character's world and just kind of see how weird it would be just to hear that on the radio at 3.32 in the morning. Yeah, did yeah. she stop a murder with this? I think so. Is that what yeah. that implied? Okay, because I wasn't sure if that was that or that was her putting herself in someone's shoes like that. Yeah, and the guy who was about to be murdered had the same name as the yeah. boyfriend she murdered in the fiction. And so that really threw her off, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was good. It was disgusting when the turtle pooped in her mouth, but you know. Oh, yeah, that was, yeah. That made me want to throw up. I feel like that was the point. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Uh, but this show, yeah, it's... I, I really like that it... Not only does uh, it talk about how good at radio she is, like, it, it sh they show it to us. Like, she yeah. is right. incredible at improv. Uh, <laughs> I also like that the script just said, like, and then aliens show up or something. I don't know. Yeah. Like, that legitimately word-for-word word was what was on the script. At Trigger. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, that radio station guy wants to get hired by Trigger uh, to be their, their writer. Well, like, I did enjoy this. I know last time we talked about, is there a sponsor or not? There is no sponsor. It's just like no. a yeah. artistic thing that they're doing, so to speak. But yeah, Mato like, has a lot of faith in uh, Minare because he like went out on a limb and paid for this on the station's dime rather than trying to get a sponsor. Well, because yeah. uh, he's like, the station literally we barely need to pay you anything and the rest of us would be here anyways and it's not making money regardless so why not so let's let's do an orson wells exactly uh which is it's and they were right to mention that it's an urban legend that people panicked in the streets about it yeah uh except there was actually a spanish language version in some latin american country that did cause a riot oof yeah <laughs> but not the original orson wells one you know what i bet I bet that what's going to happen is the Curry manager is going to beg Minare to stay on because her being on the radio is going to attract a bunch of people coming to the restaurant to see her. Yeah. Probably as like an urban legend of their own. Yeah. I could see it. And I could also see the plot with the radio broadcast foiling a murder, like contributing to like the story and like raising her profile even further. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that could be an interesting kind of twist on things. I'm excited for the different radio shows that she does, because the first one at the very first episode was her answering questions while fighting a bear. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, actually, she was supposed to run away from a bear, but she's like, <laughs> screw that. I'm fighting. I'm him. going off script. <laughs> Did she suplex the bear in that episode? I think, I think so. so. Yeah. She definitely well, beat the shit out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I am excited for what they do in the future. Yeah, absolutely. I retain. I vote to retain. Saying that, I'm going to fire. No, I'm retaining. <laughs> Chris jumped, jumped me on that one. Uh, 
he's more excited about it than me, I guess. Uh, next up on the list is Woodpecker Detective's Office. Uh, in this episode, Ishikawa and company fart around at a bar for hours and eventually puzzle out what happened to Otaki. <laughs> Kyosuke is released from jail. Uh, I was pretty, I was pretty disappointed with this episode, uh, because like at, like uh, at the end of last episode, I thought that it was going to be both Ishikawa and Kyosuke in jail, and these other characters are going to figure it out on their own. Uh, but when they said we'll figure it out, they meant we're going to go to a bar with Ishikawa and literally just talk about it for the entire episode, and like they did, like cut to more like variations on the flashback. But there were still, uh, like, they didn't do any actual investigation of the crime scene or anything like that. I know. Uh, like, I, I figured that's what they were going for. Like, they were going to go back to the room again and look for any details they missed. Uh, but they did get a bit of new stuff with the witness. Um, the guy who had the diary, who's like their neighbor or something. Yeah, Where but he, I, I but think like, they're all neighbors. Well, You're yes, but I think everybody in that scene lives in the same building. Not that I remember literally any of their names because they introduced like seven of them in one episode. Yeah, <laughs> but they did have some new information. But ultimately, the thing is, the case gets solved by this witness guy. Yeah. When Ishikawa knew the whole time the correct answer and let his friend go to jail. That's what I really don't. I think that's stupid. He was mad at him. But and it's it's really cheap in a detective story to have a character who's like, I saw the whole thing and this is what actually happened because like very basically the way a detective story is supposed to work is like you the audience gets all the facts of the case and the detective points them out in a way that you wouldn't have thought of. Whereas the cheap way to do a detective story is you get some of the facts and then the detective introduces more facts and looks smart because he knew facts that you didn't know. And I think we've talked about this already, maybe? Or maybe that I was think it was um, with uh, Season Zero with them. I think we did talk about this a bit here. We did. Yeah, maybe, which, which the thing was, I think the show did it right in the first episode. Yeah. I don't, I don't feel like they did it wrong in this one. I think it's not that they did it wrong, <laughs> it's that they didn't give you time to think about it. I, they they also could have had Ishikawa do it instead of having a random character that we've but, never seen before. No, Ishikawa it. already knew the answer. That's why he couldn't do it. Ishikawa knew that she killed herself. He knew that from the very beginning. And he still let his friend go to jail for the supposed murder because he was mad at him. Because he was mad at him because he is bad with women, I guess. Well, it was because that he, like, her whole goal in life was to meet the guy she loved, which was mm -hmm. Kyosuke. And then when Kyosuke just kind of went in there and fumbled around, she got upset about it. And so that's why Ishikawa was mad at him. Yeah, but how was he supposed to know any of that? You know, he kept wanting to drag her to this brothel, or drag Kyosuke to this brothel to meet her, but he never told Kyosuke that at all. Yeah. This this episode was pretty frustrating to me, uh, especially because the show kind of got me back a little bit last week after I didn't love the first episode. I will say I do love all the different colors of the characters and all the like pastel -y stuff. I think the yeah. design is great. But... Oh, yeah, the, the art looks great in this show. Like everything looks nice, but I don't know. I feel like it's a little weaker in other departments. Do we have anything else on this one right now? 
I think for me, the only weak part about the mystery was the whole uh, her being left-handed and stabbing from the right side or something like that. That that just seemed kind of weird. You can definitely be left-handed and stab yourself on the left side of your neck. Yeah, yeah no, that's what I'd rather do. Also, I don't know did, rather did no right one word, think but... to look at like the fingerprints on the sword or anything? Fingerprints weren't a thing. It's yeah. This is set in. I don't like, know about the era, but like I think name. roughly turn of the turn of the twentieth century. Yeah, so. I think so. Fingerprints weren't a thing. I feel like it's later than that. Yeah, it's nineteen oh nine. Nineteen oh nine. Okay, so I was basically right. I don't. Fingerprints have always existed. I will say the thing is that I think the idea of a detective show, though, is not, oh, we got him with the fingerprint. The idea yeah. is we got him through a slew of evidence that we figured out how they all fit together. Um, I think the problem is this show didn't give us enough time to think about it. Okay, I think actually the first. Uh... No, the first case to use fingerprints as evidence was in 1910, so... No, it was 1892. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> but that doesn't mean it was, like, a... It doesn't mean it was common practice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that, that's just quibbling. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm going to vote to fire because I felt this episode was pretty frustrating. And I don't want to kind of be on this roller coaster of, is this show going to be good or not? Flip a coin. Yeah. I think I'm, I'd be fine watching another episode. I didn't hate it as much as you guys did, but I'm fine not seeing the next episode, too. So I'm going to fire. Yeah, ultimately, I have to fire because it's just... I felt like they introduced too many characters too fast, and Ishikawa's a dickhead. Yeah, I have a hard time believing that Kyosuke's like, oh, I miss this guy so much when he comes back 10 years later. Right just a jerk to his friend no less like it's one thing if it's a random stranger that's that's a bit different but all right uh so is that three fires for woodpecker yep. as well i think this is the first time we've d triple nope. fired i think we had another time no we've had this is the second time we've had a tie this is the first time it's been two triple fires Got it. well it could so I'm be right. another tie <laughs> this is spoiling some things. It's not going to be another one. No, I think all of us are going to retain this one. <laughs> uh, last up on our list is Hamefura. Uh, in this episode, Katarina decides she needs to become even better friends with Maria and fends off another bullying. She later goes to visit Maria at her home, and we get a bit of Maria backstory. Katarina and Keith visit their parents' house, where Katarina is in trouble with her mother over her farming antics. <laughs> I loved how this episode ended yeah. <laughs> with just her screaming. I've had rumors that the I've heard rumors that the magic school has a farmer there. Wouldn't be you, would it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, yeah. We this show has some pretty good comedic timing. Uh, that like that stuff is good, uh, yeah. but also. Um, also, I'm concerned for the blood sugar levels of the characters in this show because nobody eats anything but sweets and drinks anything but tea. Are they okay? I mean, I feel like it's safe to assume that they eat when they're not on screen, too. I know, but I was it was a joke, Chris. Come on. 
I mean, like we had that moment in D and D the other day where we joked that you only go to that none of our characters <laughs> have gone to the bathroom because we haven't said we're going to the bathroom since. since I've heard I've heard that some DMs will like have their players get ambushed if they don't say they set up camp before they rest stuff like that. That just sounds annoying. Yeah. No, we we just step walking, all fall on the ground, and someone stays up <laughs> and uh, looks around <laughs> and keeps watch. Yeah. Uh, um, anyway. Ahead, Back Andrew. to the show. I will yeah. say, I thought this was a very nice episode. And the more I watch the show, the more I think it's going to be Maria and Katarina together at the end. I think it's I think it's going to be a harem. Well, yes, ultimately, that's what this is. But I think I think they're going to pick one path, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, I think like the turning point, like maybe in the next couple episodes is everybody's going to start confessing to Katarina, and she realized that basically her game knowledge is shot now, and she has to just do it on her own. Yeah. Right. Well, because she took an event from Keith today. Yeah. Well, that means but she's yeah. going to take one from Alan in the next episode. Yeah, maybe. And then maybe Nickel in the episode after that. Well, yeah. she wouldn't know if she took one from Nickel. She hasn't played Nickel's route. That's right. That's true. Well, she might know some events because she mentioned how she knows she had the a friend who played complex it. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, either. It's Maria and her, or the student council president and Katarina. Sirius Deke. How can you forget the name Sirius Deke? <laughs> it's such. That's, that's so I good. I can't read, John. I don't but know what hear, they're saying. You can hear them say it. I don't speak Japanese. It's a, a Ferrara reference. That's such a good name. You guys, you guys are being serious dicks right now. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I think <laughs> the point is the ending is going to be not one of the four guys. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. I don't think so. I think what it's going to be is she's going to like set up the four, her four. She's going to set up three of her girlfriends with three of the other boys. Right. I think and she's going to figure out something for herself. She's going to realize that in order to keep these them from fighting each other, fighting over her, she's going to have to set them up and somehow make it to where she's not the villainess. Yeah, I feel like I feel like what'll probably happen is, uh, actually, no, I don't know what's going to happen. Say I know, I know what'll happen is that the show's OP will continue to be a bop. Yeah, I will say I do love how the only magic she can do is cause a little bump in the earth, <laughs> but she still used it to fight someone. Oh yeah, like that's I love stuff like you know as a fan of JoJo, I love stuff like that where people have like a power that you think would suck and they use it in a cool way that makes it good john brought it up i did bring it up i i I am not ashamed of this you can't shame me we should have a super cut that is just all the times john brings up jojo that's the bonus episode yeah what are we gonna include that one time that chris did it no no it's only john we have to skew the data john (laughs) uh speaking of skewing the data i retain this show Okay, I'm gonna retain. That's not that's not skewing, but okay. Yeah, I think this one's wearing. Like, I I feel like it's gonna wear a little thin if it doesn't really go anywhere in the next few episodes. But I'll I'll retain it for now. I think it will. I hope it does. I think she's definitely going to reach a point pretty soon where she's like, "Shit, my game knowledge doesn't do anything for me anymore." Yeah. Yeah. 
and she has just has to rely on her like eight years of lived experience in the world. Uh, so I hope so anyway. You know what this means? Yeah. The audience has a choice to make. Hmm? We have two shows that received uh, three three firings. Uh, we had both uh, Tamiyomi and uh, Woodpecker Detectives off. So when this episode goes up, there will be a poll on our Twitter uh, to decide which of these shows will be uh, let go and which one we'll keep watching for another week. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing your decision. Uh, do we have anything else right now? Uh, make sure to follow us at Wappercast on Twitter if you want to get updates and and vote see... in the poll. Yeah, and vote. Uh, should we go ahead and announce our next OVA? Uh, oh yeah, you want to do that, John? Since it's your pick. Yeah, uh, we're do- we're going to be doing another OVA episode in addition to our regular episode next week, uh, and this time we're talking we're going way back to the past. Uh, the oldest anime we've talked about so far in the show came out in 2019. Uh, we're going back to 1995 and talking about the uh, seminal classic uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion at my request. Uh, so I'm making these two goobers watch it, and then we'll talk about that. And I hope they like it. Uh, yeah. We'll see. It, it might be the oldest anime I've seen. Really? Yeah. You've seen Dragon Ball Z. Oh, you're right. I've seen that. I try to forget I've seen that. Same. <laughs> <laughs> is Yu-Gi-Oh not older? Yu-Gi-Oh, I think, is 96. Huh. Yeah. No, no, the anime that we got in the United States came out in 2000. But, like, the season zero that was only in Japan was 1996. Uh, anyway, I think that's all we got, so that'll do it for this week on the Weekly Anime Performance Review. I've been John, your CEO of Weeb. I've been Chris. I forgot what my title was already. CEO of bathroom parties. Yeah. CEO of bathroom parties. And I've been Angie, your CEO of Birds and Bags. Ravioli. <laughs>